Thank you for listening to the Renovate Life Church of God's broadcast. Here's today's message from our pastor, James Demmel. Seeking the Lord. I think one of the greatest dilemmas is trying, or the Lord trying to help us understand Him. Would you agree? He's shown us through creation when He spoke the create he spoke the created world into existence and we still don't understand him he spoke it in, he spoke something into nothing and created the world but we can't understand him he made us in his own image the bible tells us but we still have theological ideologies as if we're going to it's going to break our salvation if we don't agree on stuff the thing that we have to agree on in Christianity is that Jesus came and died so that we might have what? Life. Everlasting life. So that we could be saved. He gave us ministers. He gave us teachers. He gifted us with spiritual gifts. He gave us sunrises and sunsets and beautiful mountain peaks. Vast oceans and so many other phenomenal beauties. One of the Greatest experiences of my life was the first time I went out in the middle of nowhere in West Virginia and hiked to the top of this mountain. And on the top of this mountain, there was a field. And the wheat on the field had probably not been touched by human hands. They definitely didn't mow it down or anything, but it was the highest wheat that I'd ever been involved in. And I walked across the field like this, and I got to the point where there was a peak, and I could look over the peak, and it was beautiful. God did that. God did that knowing one day that I would walk up on the top of that mountain and walk out to the edge of it and get to see the vastness of His glory. You ever taken time to do that? You ever got in your car and, and, and drove down the road and began to seek the face of God and begin to look around at the beautiful things that He made for you? He didn't make them just for Him. He made them for you. And what He wants from you is for you to seek after Him. He wants you to know Him. He wants you to understand who He is. And the hardest thing for us to do is understand Him. It's because we want to do what we want to do instead of what the Word of God tells us. How does God introduce Himself to us? Have you ever asked yourself the question? The Bible says He sent His only begotten Son. He, we have the Holy Spirit and the Holy the Holy Bible that is filled with all kinds of understanding, but we refuse to read it. We refuse to gain the understanding that God has for us. We refuse to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. We refuse Jesus Christ Himself and we wonder what's going on in our lives. With all of that, we get into trouble. And the first sign of a bad day, what do we do? Where are you, God? You ever do that? What if you have trouble and you can't sleep at night? What do you do? You don't call your doctor. Most of you probably don't call your mom or your lawyer. What do you do? You say, God, are you really there? Don't you? And what I want you to understand is that God is waiting. He's anticipating the fact that He taught us and wants us to seek after Him. He's anticipating the, the fact that the people that He created are going to be people that seek after Him. And we know already that not only do we, should we seek after Him, but when we do something wrong, the Bible says in Genesis, Genesis He seeks after us. 
When, when a Adam and Eve sinned, what did God do? He sought after them to repair the breach, to repair the relationship that they broke. But there were still consequences. The first sign of a bad day, we say, where, God, where are you? How do we know you really exist? Has anybody in this room ever asked that question? How do we know you really exist, God? Do you even care about me? The Bible says that David asked a question of God, do you even care? He said, Lord, I'm looking to my left and to my right and every enemy that I could possibly think of is coming after me. And he said, and David was crying. He was tore up. He was messed up. And, and he began to say, God, do you even care about me? He said, no man cares for my soul. But then he said, I love the, what David was doing in the middle of his fleshly response. He was charting his course. He was charting the direction that God gave him. Why? Because he was talking it out. Sometimes you need to go into the middle of a field somewhere and talk it out with God. Sometimes you need to express to him your problems and your issues. See, here's the thing. We see all throughout the Bible that God had men and women that would speak to him. And they didn't say things like, you make me mad. They were, they were more in tune to being mean to God, right? And they thought they were being mean, but they, they forget. I think you forget a lot of times that he's the God that flung the stars out of his fingertips and drew a line in the sand and told the water it could only go that far. So if you've got an issue with God, instead of letting it harbor and fester and letting Satan use it for something, you begin to speak to him because he made everything he can handle you. And so... God introduces Himself through His Son, and He does care about you. The Bible was written to give you an understanding that if you seek after Him, you will understand that He cares about you. Let me say that again. It's, it's, it's deep. It's deep. The Bible was written so that you would understand if you seek after Him, you will understand He cares about you. You want me to tell you what's wrong with this suicide running rampant? As we've taken away the hope of the world. His name is Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us He hung on a cross so that you could live and move and have your being. He hung on a cross so that you could have a blessing and understanding and wisdom and strength and all of the things that everybody's asking for. But Satan came what? To take away the hope of the world and it seems like to me in the world that I'm living in he's succeeding because we won't open the word of God we won't get a hold of God and we forget that he loves us he designed us to seek after him God likes to be sought after Isaiah 55 and 6 says seek ye the Lord while he may be found well, that, that implies something, doesn't it? He's not always going to be easily found. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call ye upon Him while He is what? Near. Near. He's after you. He's looking for you. He's seeking after you. Acts 17, 26. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for... Uh, let's stop right there. My goodness, with all this racial baloney. And hath made of one what? I don't care if you're black, white, green, Chinese, purple, yellow. You were made with the same blood of Jesus Christ. 
For to dwell on the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointing and the bounds of their habitation. <laughs> and, they sat, and they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after Him. You ever felt after the Lord? Well, pastor, how do you feel after the Lord? It's not like I can touch Him. It's not like I can reach out. Oh, but when you, you get in the presence of God, it's like you're feeling for the Lord. Come on. Somebody been in the presence of God when you can reach out and you can begin to touch Him and there's something that comes over you. It, it, maybe you could, people call it emotion or they call it whatever it is, but I'm telling you this, I want to feel that, that emotion if that's what it is every day and every moment that I live. I want Him to live and move and breathe through me. I want to walk in room and change the whole atmosphere because God is residing down inside of me and Jesus Christ said that Satan has come to take away the hope of the world but he came that you might have life and have it more abundantly I think I was in verse 28 for in him we live and move and have our being and certain also of your own poets have said for ye also, for ye, that means you also, are his offspring. Now, I want to take you into a quick but deep understanding. The Bible tells us that the children of Israel wanted a king. And that the children of Israel begged the priest Samuel to give him a king. But that was not his job. But he went before the Lord and he began to speak before the Lord because he wanted the Israel to have a king. And the Bible says that the people wanted Saul. So God, even though he didn't want him to have a king, appointed Saul before them. But Saul, God rejected Saul, even though he made him king of Israel. Does anybody know why? Because Saul sought a position rather than the presence of God. He, he wanted everybody to see him. He wanted to stand like, like a, a raging warrior. You know, it was Saul that was refused to go out before Goliath. Right, let's just stop here for a second. Let's talk about Saul. The Bible says that Saul stood ahead above the rest. He, he was big and, and he was powerful and everybody thought, see, now follow me here, everybody thought that Saul should have been the leader. But God wanted David. But David wasn't ready. There was destiny in his belly, but it wasn't God's time. How many of us get ahead of God's timing? How many of us want to do it? With, I got to do it, I got to do it, I got to do it. And here's what happens, God lets you and then most of the time it breaks us. And then he has to spend all the time putting all the pieces back together that we've messed up and that we've marred up and that we've broken up. But every time, because he's a faithful, holy, loving God, he picks up the pieces and he places us back together because we want wings to fly and we've never had a lesson. And so, what we find is that Saul goes through this and he loses the presence of God. He, he really never gained the presence of God like he should have had it because all he wanted was the position. There are so many people that want to be at the head of the classroom. But what you find is when they get to the head, they really should be at the back because they don't know what to do. They don't know what decisions to make or understanding that, that they should have because they've never been there. What grows a leader is opposition. Right? So David's over here, what's he doing? 
Well, he's just ten and cheap, a little ruddy boy. You got the tall guy that looks like the leader. He acts like the leader. He walks like the leader. He's got all the warrior's clothing like a leader. He probably carries a bow, and, and he probably has a staff, and he probably ha- has a nice sword on his side, and, and, and maybe a backup pocket knife in case they knock the sword out of his hand. He looks all the part. But then you got David over here by himself. Just a boy. David's father didn't believe in him. As a matter of fact, when, they come, when Samuel come to anoint him, what happened? They didn't even talk about David. And Samuel said, well, hang on, hang on a minute. God, I know God sent me here. Is this all of your kids? And the, just, yep, yeah, that's all of them. That's all I got. And then one of the kids spoke up and said, well, what about David? He's in the field. Oh, you don't want David. David don't look the part. He don't act the part. But while David's over here, what's he doing? He begins to write the book of Psalms. We're going to read it in just a minute. He begins, and then the, the Bible says that the bear came his way. And what did he do? Because he had the heart of a what? I like teaching like this. He had the heart of a shepherd, right? And because he had the heart of a shepherd, he would not run. And he would not, because he had a plan, and that plan was this. I'm going to take care of my father's sheep because that's my heritage. I'm going to take care of my father's land because that's my heritage. Are you following me? So the plan that David constructed in his own mind was I've got to protect my family. I've got to protect what God has put me over. And because of that, God, inadvertently, wouldn't you say? God does things inadvertently, don't he? Absolutely not, he does not. He, God begins to move him and mold him and make him and direct him and he begins to sing psalms. He put him to music. David was a harpist. Right? At the po- now watch, I'm going to show you something about the Bible you probably didn't know. I just learned it the other day and I was like, you shut your mouth. At the top of the Psalms, it'll say a psalm of David in the valley of blah, blah, the tune of this. You ever seen it at the top of your Bible? That's because it was to the tune of that song. David would strum his harp and he would play. Psalms 3. Thou, Psalms 3. You probably just thought it was a song. Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. You're the glory and the what? Well, that happened maybe when the bear came. David's sitting over there eating a pot of beans, and here comes the bear. He breaks off a piece of wheat, and he's picking his teeth. And the bear comes up. Now think about it. We act like these are comic book characters, but they were real people. And he kills the bear. And then he writes, Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. You're the glory and the lifter of my head. I cry unto the Lord with my voice. And he heard me out of what? Are you getting it? And so then David moves along. And then Samuel's doing his thing. You know, Samuel was depressed when God rejected Saul. Saul wouldn't, Saul wouldn't seek him. Saul wouldn't pray. Saul wouldn't spend time with God. Do you, have you ever met a leader like that? It gets you into trouble is what it does. And so because he wanted the position without the presence. See, the presence of God always has to go before you or you're in trouble. No, no, yeah, we're all yeah on today, but does the presence of God really go before you? The presence of God has to go before you or you're in trouble. The presence of God has to go before you or you get tripped up. The presence of God has to go before you or you find yourself in a trap and you wonder how you got here. And then the lion comes. 
David's like, well, I had me some bear already. It was pretty good. And he kills the lion, right? And he sings another song. Because he was seeking after the Lord. Notice that even in the bad times, David was speaking to the Lord. Even when he felt like that the enemy was going to take him over, the enemy was going to take him down, how many times do you think he had to refer back to the lion and the bear in his life? All the time. And so we find that God rejected Saul because God had David in mind, but he wasn't ready for David. He wasn't ready for Israel to be, have a king. So, Samuel's just over there being depressed because God rejected what he put in front of him, which was Saul. So God goes on a manhunt. At least that's what we think. But God designed David. And, and listen, David's family began to teach him and begin to direct him. And then Jesse, not even knowing, said, here, I'll just throw this boy out to the sheep. And so David's over here all by himself. He's learning and warring and growing and singing. God always will take a worshiper. Oh, here, here pastor goes again. God will always take a worshiper. God wants a worshiper over anything else that you can do. Because He knows that a worshiper will seek Him in good times and in bad. He knows that a worshiper will praise Him when it's all going good and He'll lift His hands when it's all going bad. He knows that a worshiper will stand in the midst of the trouble like nothing's going on even though His world is turned upside down. I'm talking about someone that will seek the Lord. I'm talking about a worshiper because the worshiper will change the atmosphere. And He knew that's what David was. Because David was a singer. They can also get you into trouble too, them singers. So, God has everything and He can create everything, but He's always looking for a worshiper. When God finds someone who will seek Him, He will promote him or her. The shepherd boy writes about this in Psalms 27. A Psalm of David's. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Can you imagine putting that to a tune? The Lord is my light and my salvation. If I was any kind of singer, Helen, I need your pink mic. If I was any kind of singer, I'd try. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Are you starting to understand the mentality of David? Now, I'm going to read it to you again. Just these first couple lines because we, we haven't caught on yet, but I think we're grasping for it. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? David has a different outlook than everybody else. When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat my flesh. Well, David, you got a wicked view of things. To eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord. So David has a different outlook than everybody else. The enemies are encamping around about him. Everything's going bad. But he says, don't worry. Don't be afraid. 
Don't be dismayed. Don't be depressed. Don't be anxious. Don't need 16 Xanax because you can't take it another moment. Then he says, Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I will seek, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. There's one thing that David wanted. He wanted to seek. He wanted to be in the temple. If you want to take a number two. He wanted to be in the presence of God. He wanted to seek after God. He wanted to find the face of God. He wanted to find the feet of God. He just wasn't there for one part of God. He wanted all of God. We today, we want to seek the hands of God because we think that's where the blessing comes. We think that's where we get rich. And that's where, you know, people come to church because they think they're going to get rich. It blew my mind to realize it a couple years ago. I, I, somebody said, and I was like, come again? Well, the, I come for the blessing. And that, I know that we put a, a, a financial thing on everything, but my goodness, really, we're trying to strap God with some kind of financial well-being? That's on you, Jack. <laughs> right? But David said, I will seek. I want to be in the temple. I want to bless the Lord. I want His hands. I want His feet. I want to kneel before Him. I want to praise Him. I want to worship Him. I want to sing for Him. I want to declare for Him. I want to preach for Him. Whatever it takes. I want to, you know, Why do you think David was the apple of God's eye? Because David just wanted to be in His presence. He wanted to seek after Him and find Him. David didn't care if he got any blessing because he knew that all he wanted to do was bless the Lord. And because he blessed the Lord, the Bible said that he began to talk about how David killed thousands and ten thousands and Saul had only killed a couple because Saul was looking for a position but David was looking for the presence you following me Lord help me and now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies around about me therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of what joy I will sing Yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. He said, what? Why don't we pray like that? Lord, hear when I cry with my voice. Hear. The, the word cry means to shriek in danger or distress. There are times in David's life when nothing was going on, but he said, hear when I cry. Here when I'm in distress. Here when I'm in the midst of the trouble. Here when I'm in the place where God, I've, I've sought you and I don't know what to do. I'm to the place where I don't have words and I don't have music and I can't sing. All I can do is groan. But you know me, Lord. You know where I'm at, Lord. You know that I'm crying out to you and I'm asking you to change my situation, change my struggle, change my marriage, change my children, change my job. You following me yet? Mom says, why do you always say that? Because I want to know you're following me. God told Samuel to anoint the one who would worship and sing songs of worship. This shows who's seeking after God. And not after the gifts of God. 
I told you earlier, David's brothers didn't like him. And his fathers didn't believe in him. Sometimes I think that we don't seek God because we've gotten used to him. Here you go, pastor. That woe is me message again. You know, let, me, let me stop here for a minute. I've had lots of emails lately. Lots of them. Got me some calls and some texts. You, you guys are pretty good too. Well, I got texts like this. Maybe this person's sitting in a room. Maybe they're not. Don't really matter because I ain't going to say your name even though I want to. <laughs> Why you always preach like that? What, what do you think my response was? Like what? <laughs> like how do I preach? Well, I didn't want to tell you this. <laughs> no, do. Please. Please do. <laughs> well, you preach whiny all the time. Preach like, every, like the world's going to catch you on fire. I sent one word response. Hello. Because that's the problem. See, I can make you feel really good about yourself. But that's why you spend six hours a day on Facebook. So you can read memes. Right? I just got you for 45 minutes. And if my wife lets me an hour, she gives me the cutoff. So I'm going to preach to you what God has put in my heart for you because you're not going to hear the truth. You know why I preach to you that way? Because I love you. I don't preach to you like that so I can be mean to you. I don't want to be mean to you. You think I wanted to turn the live feed off and talk about what we talked about tonight? You guys act like I want to do that. I'm waiting for it. Please send something my way. Let something be broken. Let some marriage be messed up. That's not what I want. And that's not what, I, that's not what God wants for you. And so I need you to understand when David seeks after the Lord, he seeks after Him with his whole heart. He seeks after Him with a heart that is broken and a heart that is pure. A heart that is holy. A heart that is set apart and the Bible calls it sanctified. Well, that means David didn't mess up, right? He was a perfect person that had a, an affair with Bathsheba. Right? But it was David that would stand in the valley with the giant when nobody else would. See, there's giants in your life that are coming after you. There's giants in your life that want to tear you down and break you down. There's giants in your life that want to hold you in the position you're in. That giant held a whole army in check. Listen, I'm just crazy enough to say, and I, I, maybe I'm not as cool as David because I don't know that I went across the, after a 10-foot giant. But what I would have done is network. All right, y'all, listen here. I need 10 of you over there, and I need 10 of you over here. I need five of you back there. We're just going to rush him all at once. Get your, you don't need bows and arrows. You just need a knife. And we'll just start stabbing. Now, I mean, really, why didn't some... These men are warriors. Why didn't somebody think of this? And David walks all alone because of the way he thought. He goes down the mountain running, the Bible said. He ran and he's this tall. A little ruddy boy. That means he didn't have much meat on his bones either. He's got some freckles. 
But he just had enough thought in his mind that, hey, you know, maybe God will take care of me. Just maybe. Just maybe. And so he takes off running. And as he's running, he, if, he's very talented. Has anybody ever seen actual, the actual kind of slingshot that he had? We think it's them ones that has like the real nice sights on it that you stick the BB in and Luke about shot my leg off with. He said my sights are messed up. Yes, they are. Give me the, give me the slingshot. They're 10 foot long. They're literally, if they're open completely up, they're 10 foot long. When you fold it in half, it's 5 feet long. So when he ran with it, it ran and it whizzed. You know how accurate they are? Trust me, I'm a slingshot connoisseur. I can't tell you the people that bought me slingshots when I was a kid. I busted out the guy's truck windows. I busted out one of our windows. He runs. And he's, ooh, ooh, he's running. And he's got enough agility. And he puts the slingshot, the, the smooth stone as he's running. He don't stop and say, this is us as Christians. Now wait a minute. I'm, I'm not ready. Lord, I, I, help me. I got myself into this. He was prepared. Are you following me? When you seek after the Lord, you get what? Prepared. When you seek after the Lord, He begins to use things that you have already known and trusted. I've told you a million times that I thought when, when, when David went up to meet Saul, Saul said, put on my armor. I know. You know why? I, I know. If you've never heard me say this before, just think about it for a second. I know that it was because Saul wanted them to think that it was him that was going to fight the battle. Thank you for joining us today. If this message has uplifted you, we would love to hear your story. Go to www.renovatelifecog.com and click contact. Your testimonies are a blessing to us throughout the week. Renovate Life is a place of healing for the lost, the broken, the weak, weary, and stray.